Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Davey Hudson, alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we really do appreciate you joining us as we recap a Titans Week 1 victory in Denver. Folks, it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. But hey, survive in advance. The Titans coming out of Week 1 with a W. That was a stressful stressful game, I'm not going to lie. There's a lot for us to get into, and... I'm interested to hear Denard's take as we kind of get into his main takeaways from the game, but we'll break all that down. But that's over, and the wait is finally over because football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. I would like to say that uh, thanks to Bet Online, I had two chances to get money in on the Titans as they took on the Broncos. Managed to place a bet whenever it was a pick 'em, and then I was feeling very confident going into the game and put him on the Titans to cover three points. And thanks to Stephen Goskowski, that did not happen. So, Stephen, if you want to refund my money, you can do so by Venmoing me at Davy underscore Hudson. But I digress. Uh, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So it's that time I ask it. Do you believe? But the three things you need to know that have happened for the Titans over the course of the last week. Number three, it's not a good thing, but talked about Isaiah Wilson getting his DUI. Not a good look at all. To struggle, but Coach Frabel did say that, I'm paraphrasing here, but good people sometimes make bad mistakes, and Isaiah is a guy that we are going to help get through some of his issues, especially when it comes to some of his judgments, and try to make sure that he comes out better on the other side of all this. It does go to show that for your first round pick in the 2020 draft, the team has not given up on him, even though he has had several issues that have raised concerns amongst Titans fans and the organization in general. Like I know they're not happy with him, but hopefully this is a learning moment that pays off for Isaiah in the long run. Number two on the list, the Titans did place cornerback Adoree Jackson on injured reserve, which is not good, but Adoree does have the opportunity to return after three weeks. So after the Vikings game, uh, Adoree can be removed off of that list, but He's dealing with what is listed as a knee issue. So hopefully that is nothing that holds him out for a extended period of time. And number one, the Titans win, but we got we got several concerns at kicker. So 
figuring that debacle out is going to be something. We'll get into that, but at this time, I'm going to bring in Denard, and we're going to, I guess, figure out, I don't even know where we're going to start on this one. But hey, it's a victory. Recapping Monday night's game. Came down to the wire there, Denard. Yeah, it was fun. It was real fun watching that game. It, I mean, at least it kept you in one place. <laughs> if you've been living under a rock, the Titans beat the Broncos at Mile High Stadium 16-14, to which that game ended technically in the uh, early hours of Tuesday. That's uh, got to be the latest finish in Titans program history. You come out of week one, you got that W in the win column, and you're moving on to face a division rival. But as we break down the Titans taking on the Broncos, Denard, what face value, your initial opinion, just general thoughts? Well, for it to be the first game of the season, considering the fact that neither teams had a no kind of training, you know, training camp they had, but uh, there was no preseason. So that technically is your first. I mean, you re- you went into the season, like literally went right into, you know, boom, this is it. This is the real deal. So I thought for the most part, they played well, both teams on both sides of the ball. It was a well-fought game uh, just to see that when you walk into a game, the first game of the season, you always worry about what kind of shape guys are in. I thought for the most part, Tennessee looked good, especially in that altitude down the stretch because there was a part, there was a time in that game in the fourth quarter, they looked really tired. It was kind of like, okay, this altitude is starting to get them. But all of a sudden they sucked it up, you know, and that just shows you how resilient that bunch is. The fact that they had to look deep inside of themselves in order to get that victory in Denver. So congratulations to Tennessee. That was a, what you call a well fought game and a well fought victory. Yeah, I don't know if this is just me being a glass-half-empty guy. Uh, I guess I'll turn this into a positive, but when you look at really what went against you in the first quarter, it was very ugly from the start. You have a lot of unnecessary penalties. You have Rashawn Evans punch Jake Butt, gets ejected from the game. You lose your signal caller on the defensive side of the ball, and you're starting to think like, this is really going exactly the opposite of what we had anticipated or at least hoped for. And I guess to Mike Vrabel and his staff's credit, the players continue to stay in their claw. You saw several times where it looked as though the Titans were backed against the wall and they made a stop when they had to. I mean, talk about that goal line stand. That that was critical, absolutely critical. And we've talked about it on the show, but this is – this is indicative of the type of game we're expecting the Titans to play for majority of this season. We know that it is going to be a, we're going to try to control the clock, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to play really good defense, keep it low scoring, keep it ugly, and hopefully come out on top. But Denard, whenever you have that type of, I guess, style of play, one of the things that has to be very crucial to the success of this team is special teams. And I feel confident in Brett Kern. Brett Kern, I mean, absolute winner. Like, I mean, he's he's on pace for a Hall of Fame career as a punter if he continues doing what he's doing. But the kicking game, that is something that it's got to get fixed quickly. I, you know, I, I do want to say a lot of people right now are saying, like, go get Greg Joseph. I mean, he at least didn't miss for you. The Bucks 
have him on the practice squad. And after they saw how the kicking went in the league this past week, they put the protection on him. So he's not coming off off of that roster. He's he's staying with the Bucks for at least a couple more weeks. But Denard is someone who's been there, who's played special teams. What's your take on on the Titans' special team situation right now? Well, I say like this because I've actually been through this before as a player, and Britt Kern did play well last night. He is having a Hall of Fame career. But let me just let, let me say this before uh, the kickers. There's an old saying, do not allow the game to come down to the kickers. All coaches and players always preach that every year. Don't let them dictate the outcome of the game. But let me just say this about, let me say this about Steven Gukowski is he is a veteran. Okay. And what veterans do is they figure it out. They will figure things out. I don't care how bad things look. They will go on the sideline. I don't care if it looks like it's just, there's no tomorrow. And that's what he did last night. It came down to his leg. Yeah, he could have hit AJ in the end zone. That ball went right through AJ's hands. It was meant to happen that way. You know why? Because what that will do is it gives him confidence. And you got to understand that he's coming off of a hip surgery. He was just signed, what, 12 days ago? So basically he's new, you know? I mean, he just got into camp. So don't give up on the kicking game right now because you got one of the best kickers in NFL history on your side. And that's a plus as far as I'm looking at it. Before last night, Steven Goskowski was the fifth most accurate kicker in NFL history. But after that performance, he fell to ninth. He dropped quickly. Denard, I know I'm a kind of a stat junkie, but next-gen stats, they put it out there. So Goskowski was one of four on the night, four field goals, and he was one of two on extra points. Now, taking those four misses, so the odds of Goskowski missing all three field goals and the latest extra point, the odds of that happening were 1 in 1,804. The 0.06% chance of that being the case. It's just incredible to really look at. And whenever you go into game win probability and just looking at the numbers, like it, it's just a a situation where, yes, it, it worked for the Titans this week. But you know, like I said, we're going to have a lot of games that are going to be like that. And you get to that point of that's a week one thing that happens for you. So if Goskowski does continue to be the kicker for this roster on this roster for the foreseeable future, people are just going to be holding their breath every single time he is back there. And it's it's one of those things where he just has an extremely short leash. Let me just tell you from a player's perspective, because we live in an age now where people, they look at stats. Uh, they're looking at all of the probabilities of this happening and this was going to happen. A player doesn't look at it from that perspective, okay? The way that we do it is is when something is wrong, this is the way they teach you in the National Football League. You find a way to fix it or you're going to be out of the door. That's the way it works. I'm going to tell you what Steven Bukowski is doing right now. He's doing the same thing that he did in New England for all those years when he was considered the best in the business. He's looking at film right now for what he did wrong the other day, last night. He's going through his mechanics. He's going through his progressions. He's going through everything right now. He's not worried about stats. He's not worried about the probability of this going to happen. He's going to correct it. Why? He is a veteran, and veterans know how to figure it out. That's why Mike Vrabel signed him. Because he knows what this individual he can do. He knows how good Steven is. 
And so right now, I promise you, this is not going, I'm, I'm telling people right now in Tennessee, this will not be a problem. Why? Because you got a, you got a, you got a kicker right now that will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Do you know how hard it is to make the Hall of Fame as a kicker? Denard, I, I know it's incredibly difficult. And to go at your point, Stephen Gothkowski was an incredible kicker. But since his surgery, I don't know if you can say he currently is. It's been one game, right? and we're going to find out more. But based off the practice reports that we were hearing right before the Titans had to make a decision on what they were going to do at kicker, now Tucker McCann out of the, the undrafted free agent out of Missouri, he's technically still on the practice squad. Right. But Goskowski and Greg Joseph were both battling it out. And based off the numbers, apparently, like they were pretty much like right in line with each other. Like it was one one made it, the other made it, one missed it, the other missed it. It was just like they were pretty much identical. And then Brable decided to take experience over the inexperience. It's one of those things where no matter kind of how things are going to go, that's that's going to come back on on Coach Vrabel. And I, I hope it works out because, like like you said, like Goskowski, like he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, we, right. we saw that last year with Adam Vinatieri, who's an incredible guy. But sometimes you just get to that point where it's like your day is done. We'll, we'll know that after about a few weeks if it's not really working. Let me, let me give you a quick illustration. In 2003, I was playing with the Minnesota Vikings, right? We go down the first game of the season. I'm with Minnesota, and we play Green Bay. Britt Favre threw four interceptions. He could have threw six. We dropped two. Okay. So people were talking about, is he over? Is Britt done? You know, Britt came out. He was like, you know, hey, I just had a bad day. I'll figure it out. The next time we played Green Bay, you know what happened? They blew us right out of the Metrodome. <laughs> and Britt Favre played excellent that year in 2003. What I'm saying is that it's just the first game of the season. Okay. So what we got to do is before we judge a guy, we need to give him about two or three games because unfortunately the way it works in the NFL, it's just like what's going on in Cleveland right now. Everybody three, two or three years ago, Baker Mayfield was going to be the greatest. And now they got Odell and you got Jarvis Landry. They had a bad game the other day down in Baltimore. Now everybody's ready to trade Odell. Word around Odell's going to New England. Uh, Baker, I, everybody's talking about how, well, he's not that good. So what happens if when those guys get it right? Do we jump back on the bandwagon and say we were wrong? The thing about players, players really don't listen to what we usually have to say. What they do is they go in a room, they cut on, it, they cut on a film projector, and they figure it out. They do not come out. If they have to stay in that room for six or seven hours, guys will do that. I promise you. Steven I don't think he's done. You know, he just came back from hip surgery, so that might be an issue right now. But I don't think Tennessee would have signed him knowing that, you know, if they didn't think he can get the job done. And so last night he proved it at the very end. Yeah, this is the way it worked. If you're not resilient in this game, you won't play because you will get knocked down. And I know everybody right now is saying the kicking game. This has been a problem for years, especially last year. But I'm last telling year, you. I mean, like, I, I will say, like, Ryan suck up up until he got injured. The kicking game was very solid in Tennessee. He's been he was on the roster from 2014 up until last year, but he was one of six for the 2019 season, and it was just a revolving door at kicker after that. And fortunately, I think they they showed the stat last night during the broadcast, mm -hmm. and they were talking about the Titans' red zone efficiency last year was the best it's been in the league in 40 years as far as scoring touchdowns. Yes. So. Right. It's, it's one of those things. To 40 drives. Yeah, like it's it's incredible, but yeah. you have to realize like the odds. If that's the greatest it's been in 40 years, the odds of that repeating are slim to none, and right. so you're going to have to be able to take 
other scenarios where it's like if if Goskowski even hits two of the field goals and, and an extra point, I mean, you're you're looking at a completely different ball game as far as how right. it's probably going to be called, and you just you got to be careful and. I know Steven, like he's a professional, like like you said, he's he's been at, at it for years and he's gonna go and, and look at the film and I'm sure he can fix the mechanical issues. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about it from a confidence standpoint. And sometimes the, the mental game is so much more difficult to overcome than the physical game. Well, it's it's all it's all mental. It's it I'll tell people this game is ninety percent mental and ten percent you know, physical, however you want to look at it, schematic, however you, you want to look at this game. It's the game is basically mental. That's all this game is about. It's your mental makeup, your grit. What do you have inside of you? He could have tanked it at the very end. I mean, he could, if he was so mentally depleted, he would have basically missed that last field goal, but he didn't. And you know what happens is that gives a guy confidence. Sometimes you just need one break. That's what happens. Sometimes as a defensive back, I can tell you, I've started out in the season, and I, and I kid you not, when I start out slow in the first part of the season, it's kind of like I just need something good to happen. Then once something good happens for me, it's like I develop confidence, and then it's like, okay, I got it now. Now I can just roll. Once you start rolling, you don't think about it. When you don't think about it no more, you just do it. It just becomes natural. It's like muscle memory. You just go about it and doing it. Sometimes that's the way kickers are. They just need to make one field goal and it's kind of like boom i got it now if we're having this conversation two or three weeks from now believe me there's going to be a change and that's when you should worry but right now it's the first part of the season i tell people all the time i had a chance to play with the great al del greco i love al pizza pizza that's what they used to call Al. al was one of the best kickers in his time played with almost 20 some years he played but that last year in tennessee al didn't play very good and there was a we were what 13 and three we could have been I'll say 15 and one, but we missed, there was probably two games where we lost by a field goal. And guys knew that. So, but they still stuck with Al and then the next year they made a change. But you know what? Those guys, the reason that they're, they're able to put in tenure into the long tenure in this business is because of they've been consistent and they've, they've, they've also had seasons probably where it's been kind of iffy sometimes and, and really kind of up and down, but they figure it out. And that's what basically playing this game is about. It's just basically saying either I got it or I don't. I know, I know Steven's sitting here right now saying, hey, I got it. I just need to clean up some things. And I truly believe they're going to get this kicking game turned around really quickly. I'm not going to give up on him right now. I know this it didn't look good, but guess what? How many times have we seen a team not necessarily look good the first game of the season or a player and somewhere between game three or four, they kept, they, they're just on fire. And then all of a sudden it's like it galvanizes the team, the program, and they just they just start going, you know, and that's exactly probably what's going to happen with this team as the kicking game gets better. You know, it is an it is an Achilles heel right now, but I do believe that the reason that they went with Steven in the first place is because of his mental makeup. They know he's played in the big games, he's played in the Super Bowl, so nothing phases him. That's the greatest thing about a veteran. They figure it out over time. Now, mechanically. If, if there's something that needs to be fixed, he will fix it. But if there's something going on with his body, then I'm pretty sure he will tell the people at Tennessee, listen, it's just not there. And then they'll make a change there. As you look to next week, I don't expect them to make a change at kicker, but my final negative comment on the kicking game, ESPN had posted this up everywhere last night after the game, but for Steven Goskowski, 
as we've talked about, he missed four kicks on Monday. He has had five career seasons where he missed fewer than four kicks. That's something that I thought was really just incredible to see, but it does go to show you like how great he has been in the past. So can he find that magic again? And to switch things, somewhat of a negative note, but it's something that the listeners have been wanting to have us dive into whenever you're looking at. That was the main story of the game was, I mean, it's a completely different outcome, how if the kicking game is different. But transitioning off of that, Denard, I want to get into your three main takeaways and the keys to victory for the Titans. Well, you know, one of the things we talked about last week was controlling the line of scrimmage. And let me just start with the defense last night. Man, let me tell you something. That defense is for real. I'm telling you what, this defense with Clowney, Simmons, Jones, Crawford, and Brown, Landry played great. I got to give it up to my man coming in. Will Compton played really well coming in for his absence. So we need to give some give credit where credit is due. Another thing we talked about was Chris Jackson. Remember when I I was just raving on Chris Jackson? I said he is going to be a player. Now, I know people talk about, you know, Jerry Judy. He missed some passes. We talked about that earlier. But for the most part, the rookie played really good. He played good last night. He grew up – he had to grow up real fast because the door is out. So these next two weeks, he's he's going to get challenged. But I thought the defense stepped up and played well. And each week, you're going to hear me, I'm going to talk about something where I call it game changer, something that changes the trajectory of the game. Jeffrey Simmons is a D-O-G. He came to play last night. The way he played, he played like a man among boys. And that stop that he put on Jake Butt, I don't know what Denver was thinking on the, on the fourth down. You're going to try to run a shovel pass? pass? It made no sense. You know sense. how disrespectful that is to a defense line. Oh, God, it made no sense. They stuffed it. They stuffed it. You know what I wanted to do? I just wanted to say that's what you get. You know why teams do that? Because they don't have the confidence just to line up and run right at you. So the defense, Jeffrey Simmons, you play like a capital D-O-G. And let me tell you something, Davey. My second point, we talked about this earlier. Men, you talked about before the season started. Who were going to be our X factors? Who did I tell you was going to be the X factor this year? You were very high on Corey Davis. Give it to me. Say it again. You were very high on Corey Davis, man. And he, he came out. He he showed up last night. You could tell that the defense for the Broncos was making sure that they're going to stack the box. And you got to make sure whenever that happens that A.J. and Corey on the outside are able to take advantage of typically we're going to be one-on-one situations. And the play action that the Titans were able to utilize last night playing to their strengths, making the defense just hesitate for a second, was able to get Corey open over the middle time and time again. He finished with, I want to make sure I get this right, but I think he had seven receptions for 101 yards on eight targets. So, and I mean, he had an incredible catch where they had to, they initially ruled it Ooh. incomplete, then they went, looked at it. He, he got that nice. heel down, and you could see that the curve come up. It was it was the best pretty, catches I've seen. I was, I was coming in giving going to give you credit for the Corey Davis thing because it's like it's one of those things where it's like, man, we know he's the, he's the fifth overall pick back in 2017 when he was drafted, and he's going into a contract year, so he's got to show out. Do you remember who my X-Factor pick was on the offense? You said John e. Smith. No. Was it John? I went with Adam Humphreys. Oh, Adam Humphreys. He played good. Well, yeah, he played really we good. needed a safety blanket, and you could tell yes. that on a lot of third-down situations, it looked very similar to what you used to see with Wes Welker in exactly. 
Denver and in times whenever he was in New England where Ryan would just tell Humphreys, find a spot in the zone, sit down, he dumped it to him, and Humphreys, if the ball touched his hands, he came down with it and was able to move the chain several times. But our two X-Factors led the team in receiving. So exactly. That's, um, that's, that's good on us. So we'll give ourselves a little pat on the back there. Yes. But yeah, I, I mean, just to say Johnny, but you did say Adam Humphreys. I, I was high on Johnny because I got him in fantasy. But when we yeah. did X factors, that I was I was going with Humphreys. I figured. I mean, they gave him that three year contract worth like thirty six million. It's like yeah, right, thirty six million. He deserved it. A little banged up last year, and and so then this year coming in healthy. Whenever it came to a moment, Corey Davis and AJ Brown, like they're big physical receivers. They're gonna yes make a lot of people have to come over and stop them. And we know they're trying to stop the run. So if you have so many weapons, you can't double everybody. Like, that's the Chiefs' problem. So I was like, all right. I mean, Adam's going to be the guy that just he's able to sit down. And, I like, I got to give credit. I'm just going to give a big shout-out to Arthur Smith. I thought he caught a great game last night. He switched it up whenever he needed to. But just his ability to go to the strengths, they continued to run the ball with Derrick Henry. He had 31 carries for 116 yards. And I know there were times where he was stopped short, but he said – they said, you know what, we're going to keep giving to to him. A couple of plays there towards the end where he started to break away, and you could just see as the game went on, and they yes. flashed it up. His second-half stats, that's where he really starts to put it on the defense. And the Broncos have one of the best run defenses in the league, and he still put up over 100 yards. So I can only imagine what he's about to do to some of these other teams that really struggle in stopping the run. And let me say this. I'm going to give it up to my man, John New Smith and Michael Pruitt. I'm going to tell you what, these two tight ends last night played awesome, man. I'm going to tell you something. Jonu Smith, man, uh, it was indescribable what the way he played last night. He just played like, again, a man among boys. That fourth quarter, when he caught that, the safety, Justin Simmons, was just sitting there flat-footed. When I love the way he called the game. First of all, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith called a great game because he never wavered. He never got away from the game plan last night. He basically stayed in a lot of two tight end sets, came with some play action. You know, at first I was thinking, is he going to want to play action all night long? But he never wavered. I love that. He stayed with the game plan right until the end. I thought he called a great game. And let me tell you something, Michael Pruitt, you a beast. You played great. That first touchdown, the little fade, you know, catching that ball like that, man, congratulations. But John Smith, man, you played excellent last night. What a great performance by both tight ends. But my X-Factor, Corey Davis, basically, I told you, what's going to happen is, is this, this is what teams are going to do. They are going to go after two guys on that offense. They're going to say, listen, number 22, Derrick Henry, and number 11, A.J. Brown, they're not going to beat us. We're going to make number 84, Corey Davis. We're going to make number. Uh, we're going to make John New Smith. We're going to make Michael Pruitt. We're going to make Adam Humphreys beat us, which means that's going to open up. <clears throat> what that's going to do is it gives those guys a lot of mismatches, a one-on-one coverages so they got to win and that's exactly what they did last night they won their matchup so congratulations to those guys especially Corey Davis because seven receptions for 101 yards but what people don't know he made some catches in the middle he had one play AJ Boy was on him basically all just draped all over him and he just went up used that six five frame and just I mean just it was nasty and I hate to give it up for receivers because I'm a DB I hated to see Receivers do that to DBs, but it just made A.J. Bowie, who's one of the best corners in the league when he was in Jacksonville, just made him look bad. And then when he went up and got that other third down between those two safeties, listen, you got to be tough to go in the middle and go right in the middle where you got two safeties all over you. And for him to make that catch like he did, 
he was huge on third down. That's where Corey made his money last night on third down. They had a third and 20-something they was able to convert because doggone, that Corey made a heck of a catch. I mean, right in the middle of traffic. And the way that he played, he just came out and just said, listen, I'm going to take over the game. They're going to they're gonna play one guy on me, one-on-one -on -one coverage. I'm going to win. And that's exactly what he did last night. He won his matchup. So congratulations to my X-Factor this year, Corey Davis. Man, he played well. You know, and I went and did some stat digging, and we've kind of been talking about Arthur Smith and then kind of going into the play action and just how that had helped the receivers during this game. According to the next-gen stats, Ryan Tannehill took advantage of the separation that play action created in the short to intermediate part of the field. On play action plays, he was 10 of 14 for 92 yards and two touchdowns, but his average target separation was 4.3 yards on play action plays. When the Titans did not do a play action play, Tannehill was 19 of 29 for 157 yards, but the average target separation was only 2.6 yards. So by going to the play action, able to get the receivers the space they needed, right. Tannehill found the holes. But the good thing about play action, what else does it do? What, what do you what do you know about play? What you know what I love about play action is it softens the defense and that allows the running game to get going. That's why you saw so much of it at first. That's why they kept doing it because they knew Denver was going to stack the box and say, "Listen, we're not going to let twenty two beat us." But when you start doing that and your receivers are start winning those matches, guess what? They got to play that zone. So again, you can find those little creases in there in that middle of the zone sometimes. And that's where they started making plays. That's what you're going to have to do because teams are going to say, listen, we got to stop number 22. But that's what happens when you stack the boxes. You got to make somebody win on the edges. Well, there were even a couple of times where the Titans would use play action and then go into a and call a screen at the same time. And yeah. Janu actually took off on one, one of those opportunities. But whenever you have an aggressive defense that's looking to just get pressure constantly, screens are going to open things up for you. If anything, it just makes them – have to hesitate just that second. And as we know, I mean, this is a game of inches. If you can slow them down for just that millisecond, who knows what the difference could be. That's true. And my last takeaway was this. Of course, we've been talking about this all day was the kicking game. We talked about this last week is that this is going to be a pivotal part of the game is how well, what is going to probably come down to the kicking game. And it did. Again, Brett Kearns, of course, he is consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him. Again, the asterisk mark that we had this week was what? The key, <laughs> the who's going to handle the field goals and how well they're going to perform. It didn't look good, but again, he missed that 47, 44, 42, and he missed an extra point. So that's 10 points right now. So that's game probably wasn't even close if he can convert on those. But look at it like this. He hit the game winner, and that's all that counts. Am I right? He hit the game winner. I wouldn't say it's all that counts, but it but definitely counts. counts. It definitely counts, and I'll take it. Hey, yeah. If he didn't hit the game winner now, we both were. <laughs> the tone <laughs> of the show is completely <laughs> different if that one doesn't yeah. go in. But, again, yeah. you can be forgiving when you hit the game winner, though. So, But, again, they'll clean that up. That's something that would be a point of emphasis that this week. They will clean that up, and by Sunday, I promise you, when, when they bring Jackson, when Jacksonville comes into town, they're going to clean this part of the game up. And when they clean this up, I'm telling you, it's going to be a very dangerous team. I'm already looking forward to it. Titans got an opportunity to start 2-0 and for the first time since 2008. And I want to yeah. say that, yeah, it's, it's been a while. Uh, and I want to say that the Titans' victory in Denver was the first. Tech, it's technically the first for the Titans, but the Oilers, the last time they got a victory in Denver was in 1987, if memory serves me correct. It's a place that's very difficult to go in and win. 
even without the fans. We saw that. But hey, as we say, survive in advance. So Survive in advance. You got it. Denard and I will be back with you later this week as we break down, or preview rather, the Tennessee versus Jacksonville game. And I believe we're even going to be teaming up with the Believe in Jaguars duo of James and Phil to break down and talk that game. So we'll have that coming for you all later this week. So stay tuned. We'll get that out there for you. And as always, we do appreciate you tuning in. But that is going to wrap it up. So for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us online at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V, and at Believe Podcast on social media platforms. And you can give us a follow on Twitter at Believe Titans, B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.